0: for what is taking place in the house. I know God has some great things in store, and I'm looking forward to each one of them. Welcome to Faith Builders. For all those of you that are here on a Labor Day, it is good to see you. And uh, we are so blessed that you are here. Uh, I'm always honored anytime. Uh, I have the opportunity to share God's Word. And I have a message this morning that is going to dovetail right in with the great road that Pastor Barb started us on last week concerning faith. And it's going to dovetail in with our Wednesday night services as well. Because it will bring some revelation knowledge. For those of you that have been here on Wednesday nights, you're going to see exactly what it is. How, how all of it starts to tie together and all of a sudden you get excited about wait a minute the words coming alive it's not just words on a page no this is for me it's for right now it's life giving so if you have your bibles i'd like you to stand with me and turn to romans chapter 1 verses 16 through 17 if you don't have a bible with you today it'll be over my head on the sky Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, I'm reading out of the ESV. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Woo! All right, let's go home. Let's do that again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith For faith, as it is written, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. Then turn over to Mark chapter 11, verses 22 and 23. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Everybody say that one, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Oh, I like that. Have the faith of God, it will be done for you. Have the faith of God, it will be done for me. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have to come together today just to share your word. I believe the revelation knowledge is ours, and as we open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive, that by revelation knowledge of the Holy Spirit, today we will be built up and we will be strengthened. We thank you and we love you so very much, for it is in the name of Jesus that we ask it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I've asked Reggie to stay up here with me. We have kind of a kindred gospel spirit. So he's going to be helping me preach. When you get down to that point where you just need a little extra, there's a little extra preach. See, today I want to talk about faith that
1: overcomes.
0: Faith that overcomes. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing?
1: And he awoke
0: and rebuked the wind in the sea and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? They were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, as we talk about faith today, I want to show you some examples from
1: the word of God of great faith. Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is going beyond your fear
0: to believe that what God said is more real than your fear. Now, you've got to hear me. Fear exists in the natural realm. It's part of what we, it's there. Fear is a part of our natural composition. Man, apart from God, is always afraid. The devil's nature is fear. But God's nature is faith. God looks into the darkness, and he declares light be where there was nothing. He could have said, wow, it's dark out there. But instead, he said light be, and the
1: universe came into existence. You see, here's the difference. Until your faith level goes
0: beyond your fear level, you will live in the realm of fear and failure. Now, how do we get this faith level up that it surpasses the fear level? How do we do that? Romans ten seventeen. what does it say? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. That... Word that's used there doesn't stop once. It doesn't say faith cometh by having heard the Word of God. It says faith comes by hearing the Word of God and hearing the Word of God and hearing the Word of God. When you become fearful, it's that moment that you've got to get back into the Word and dive in and say, I'm going to find out what God said about this situation because I know what my flesh is screaming My flesh is screaming, you're going to fail, you're going to go down, you're going to drown, the boat's filling with water. Master, don't you
1: care that I perish? And Jesus
0: wakes up. This statement gives a clue to that fear faith level. Why are you so afraid?
1: Have you no faith?
0: Again, faith is not the absence of the fleshly fear. It's surpassing it because of kingdom word. I'm going to take the word of God over what the flesh says. Now, we've had to walk this out. You've heard me say this before. I don't preach what I pray or I don't practice what I preach. I preach what I practice. When my son was born, my first son Joshua, he was born dead. And some of you have heard this testimony. Now, you know what rises in you when the doctor comes to you and says he's dead? You don't just start rejoicing. At least I didn't. Why? Because that was not a positive thing. That was a negative. Some of you have gone to the doctor and you've gotten that negative report. Some of you have had other things that have taken place and it's negativity and it comes at you and, it, and that fear rises. But I've learned one thing. I will not give way to fear. I will not vocalize what I'm fearing. I will not allow it to come out of my mouth. I will shut up. I have learned the vocabulary of silence because I would rather shut up Until I can speak God's word. Because it's the word that carries weight. Isaiah 55 says this. His word will never return void. Well, What does that mean? It means when I speak the word of God, all heaven stands to attention to make sure that the word of God is fulfilled in my life and in your life. Heaven has everything. In earth, in heaven, bows its knee to the name of Jesus. So, when we speak with the authority of the word, Jesus being the word, when you speak that all heaven, every spiritual realm stands to attention because, regardless of what they're trying to do, they have to stop at the word of the Lord. If you think you've been under demonic attack, you speak the word, and immediately they're arrested. Why? Because you are a son of the Most High, a daughter of the Most High, and whatever you speak, that's what's going to take place because the word flows out of your mouth. And it's the word that carries weight in heavenlies. Isaiah's prophecy comes to fruition. His word does not return void. And God in the heavenlies goes, that's my son, that's my daughter. I hear and I recognize that word and I, I have already moved on their behalf.
1: Whoa. Oh. Here we are, Mark chapter 4. They're in the boat. Storm comes up. Jesus rebukes the storm. Well, how does that help us? I'm not getting in a
0: boat this afternoon. Well, you might. <laughs> you don't know what kind of boat you're going to hop into today. I was in Romania, one of my, in fact, my very first missions trip. I hadn't left the nation after I got out of the military, simply because of what I did in the military. But my first missions trip was to Romania. And I knew I was going over there to preach the gospel. And we got to a church, the largest Pentecostal church in Eastern Europe, about 6,000 members. And so during that time, I'm getting ready to go out and preach at this church on Sunday, and then we're going to hit all these other churches during the week. And they came to me and they said, Pastor, um, we, we don't have any gas. This was in 1993, only four years after Ceaușescu had been deposed and he was gone. Well, killed. <laughs> but, but during that time, they said, we have no gas. There were gas lines where you would wait in line literally two days just to get some gas. And I looked at him and I said, God did not bring me halfway around the world to sit here and do nothing. We're going to go preach. And they said, you don't understand. We have no gas. I told everybody, how many gas cans do you have? So we've got all these big five-gallon tanks. And and I said, go get every five-gallon tank you have and go put it in the back of the van. And they went they stacked them up. I think we had five, six of them. Now, Romania is not a big country comparatively, so we weren't going a long distance, but we needed Gas. And I said, all right, everybody get in the van, we're going. And they said, we don't even have enough gas to get to our first stop. (coughs) I said, my God's bigger. Get in the van, we're leaving, and we left. And wouldn't you know it, we get down the road, maybe 15 miles, and here's a brand new gas station. No
1: cars. I said, there it
0: is, pull in and get some gas. They pulled in and the manager comes running out and he's shaking his hands and he says, no, 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 no gas, no gas. Rolled down the window and he said, "Uh, we're brand new, we don't have any gas in the tanks and we don't
1: have any electricity. Right as he said that, all the heads snapped and turned and looked at me. Now what are we gonna do? We're almost out of gas. All I could think of was this story. Storm. And they said, now what are we
0: going to do? I said, I don't know about you, but I'm going to take a nap. So I went to the back of the van, and I laid down, and I went to sleep. Why? Because Jesus was napping in the midst of the storm. If he can do it, I can do it. And I knew this was a storm. So I, I laid there and started to doze off. About five minutes later... The manager comes running back out. He goes, I have no idea what happened. Our power just turned on. And there's gas in the tanks. I'll give you all the gas you want. Filled up the van, every can that we had, which was more than enough to get us to all the cities we were going to and back with more gas than what we left. See, you may not see that it's happening for you, but this might be the very story you have to stand on this afternoon. In the midst of the storm, don't panic, you can rest. Why? Because the author of life is with you. He's the one that controls the storm. And sometimes we don't realize God's taking us through the storm because he knows the other path is death.
1: I'd much rather walk through a little rain than to not be able to walk again. (laughs) The
0: disciples are left with the question, who is this? Now I want you to catch this question, who is this? What do they say?
1: Who is this? Who is this? Now, I want you to drop down with me, and let's go to Mark chapter
0: 5, verse 21. It says, and when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her.
1: Now, wait a minute. You notice we're missing something
0: in here? Jesus gets in the boat to go to the other side. And it says when he gets in the boat again, he comes back. Where did he go? Well, it's sandwiched in between there. And I'm not going to take a lot of time to read all that scripture, but what I want you to know is it says that he went to the region of the Gadarenes. Now, can you imagine just coming through the storm and you're going, wow, who is this? And then they go to the region of the Gadarenes, and the first thing that meets them is demon possession. You think the storm was bad. They were in the region of the Gadarenes, which was in the Decapolis. Now, for those of you that were here Wednesday night, you know a city in the Decapolis. Decapolis was named that for 10 cities. But we read about Pania Wednesday night, right? And what did we learn about Pania? There was... All kinds of idol worship, God worship. Why? Because this entire region, the Decapolis, is under the control of the Gentile Roman occupation, if you will. So here they are occupying this, and Jesus goes over, and in this region of the Gadarenes, here comes this demon-possessed man. And I won't go into the whole story. We know he cast the demons out. They go into the herd of pigs. They kill themselves jumping off the cliffs and the man is shown to be well with Jesus when the crowds hear what happened. They come and he's sitting in his right mind. Now Jesus is getting ready to go back to the other side. But what did he say? The man that had been delivered said, let me go with you. Let me come with you to the other side. You got to hear this. It's so easy for us to want to go where it looks like everything's going well. See, Jesus left the crowds. There's very few preachers today that will leave the crowds to go to a little tiny group. But Jesus went all the way over there, and he preached to one. He preached to the one that was demon-possessed, and when he was delivered, that demon-possessed man wanted to go back to the crowd with him. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. You're delivered, set free. Go and tell everybody what I've done for you. The Bible says that he went throughout the region and every city in the Decapolis heard about this miracle. Every city heard about this miracle. Can you Oh man, the rejoicing that was going on when they see this man and the miracles that had been performed. Why are we talking about faith? Why are we talking about miracles? Because it's our destiny, faith builders. The world has had enough mediocrity in church. They've had enough, but they can't tell the difference between the church and and society. We are different. We are the called out ones. We are the church. We are called to, exi- uh, to just exude faith out of our innermost being to where everything that we are doing reflects the King of kings
1: and Lord of lords.
0: Go tell everybody. He goes out and he tells them. Now, let's jump back into Luke chapter five. After that story, when Jesus had crossed again, In the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him. There's a great crowd. Everybody say, Great crowd. And one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name.
1: Now, Pastor Paul, I want you to come right up here. You're going to be Jairus. Here's Jairus. He's the ruler of the synagogue.
0: That means he knows the law, he knows what their customs, tradition? He's the ruler of the synagogue.
1: And there's a crowd. I need a crowd. Everybody, come on up here. I need a crowd.
0: Boy, this is a pitiful crowd. Give me a crowd up here. Let's get a crowd up here. Well, I'm not anointed. Ah, oh, you're part of the crowd. You're always anointed. Okay, let's get this crowd. I need more of a crowd. We still got we got a gathering now. We need a crowd. Well, let's get a crowd up here.
1: All right, now we're we're starting to get a crowd. Start. Let's do it one more time. I still need a crowd.
0: Some people say, why do you wait so long at an altar toll? Because you can't even get people to stand up and come forward during an illustration. (laughs) Okay, so here we got a crowd that's gathering. What does the word say? The great crowd, or or there was a great crowd that gathered around Jesus. Now, I'm going to be Jesus for a moment. Nobody panic. I'm not taking anybody's place. And there's this great crowd that is gathered around
1: him. Okay. Okay. We're
0: we're getting there. We're getting there. Now, here's Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. And there's a woman that has an issue of blood. Pastor Barb? Now, there's a crowd. <laughs> Why does Jairus come? Because his daughter is at home sick. And he knows that if Jesus will speak the word, she'll be healed. Right? He understands that. Just speak the word and it's going to be done. Now, crowd, you're, you're so polite. You've got to be. Okay, you're crowding. You're crowding. Okay. Because it's a great crowd. Now, yeah. Now, the woman with the issue of blood, she says in her heart, but it catches. She says in her heart, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, that's all it will take. I'll be made whole. Come on, crowd, press in. Now, the woman has to get to Jesus. Good luck. So. The woman with the issue of blood is coming to get to Jesus. She's got to press through the crowd. And she touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus says to his disciples, who touched me? And the disciples think he's lost his ever-living mind. What are you talking about? Don't you see the crowd? They're all touching you.
1: And Jesus said, no.
0: Power went out of me. Virtue, power, dunamis. Miracle-working power just flowed out of me. Somebody touched me. Somebody made a demand on the power that's in me.
1: The whole crowd was there. One made a demand. Good, good. Whole crowd was touching him. One made a demand. From Panius, who'd heard the word from a demonic that got delivered. God.
0: And it meant so much. She'd spent everything she had on doctors, every way to get healed that she knew from this region that was in darkness. But in a moment, she hears about Jesus. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. She was fearful, but all of a sudden, her faith went beyond her fear to where she would travel to the other side. And in a miracle receive from Jesus. And you can all be seated. Thank you. (laughs) Miracle of faith. For she said in her heart, If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. If I can just touch that, I'll be made whole. Jesus didn't pray a prayer of faith. Jesus didn't lay hands on her. Jesus didn't even know who she was. But he knew somebody just
1: made claim on the power of him. But the story didn't end there. Jairus had come to Jesus that his daughter might be healed. Jesus is now interrupted while he's on his way to Jairus' house.
0: Messengers come to Jairus and say, uh, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter is dead.
1: Your daughter's dead. And what
0: happens? Now you got to hear this. This woman from a Gentile region has come into their region, made a demand on the power of God. She should not by the law be even allowed in public because of her condition. Jairus is the one that has the ability to have her stoned. He's the ruler of the synagogue. He could have at any moment had them pick up stones and kill her. But before he's able, even able to open his mouth, when he hears that negative report, your daughter is dead, that's a pretty permanent thing. I know what it's like to hear that. But when he hears it, what happens?
1: Jesus speaks and says, don't be afraid. Why? Faith has come to be
0: challenged. Fear challenges faith, but it has no power. Fear has no authority over you. Fear has no hold on you. Fear has nothing that can keep you into bondage. That's not what God has for you. And Jairus, at that moment, in the natural, what would his heart have done? It's his daughter, and she's dead.
1: In this moment, Jesus says, Don't be afraid. Just believe. I'm gonna
0: get your faith level above your fear level, Jairus. Look at me. Keep your eyes fixed on me. Don't you let the word out of your sight. You stay focused right here. If you stay focused here, your faith level goes like this and your fear level goes like this. And all of a sudden, you are standing strong in faith. Why? Because you're looking at the Master. You're looking at the King of kings. You're looking at the Lord of lords. And there is nothing that will stop His word. Nothing. There's nothing better than you.
1: Right? There's nothing. That's what it is.
0: We sang this song about moving mountains again. Why? Because that's the faith that God has for us. Jesus shows up at Jairus' house and all the mourners are there. Don't you know that in the midst of you trying to stand in faith, you're going to have the mourners? They're going to be the ones, well, that doesn't work. That can't work for you. Don't you understand? She's dead. And Jesus looks at him and says, you don't understand. She's just asleep. See, he sees it different from everybody else. The last enemy to be put underfoot is death. Every fear you ever have boils down to death. That's all it can do. It'll take
1: you right to the grave. It's that death. Jesus said, I'll show you who has authority here. He kicks all the doubt and unbelief out of the room. He says, you got to leave. Right now, she's going to live.
0: She's alive. Speaks to her and she gets up. Oh, man. Can you imagine what Jairus was feeling right then? My daughter who was dead was alive. I know exactly what he felt like.
1: Because when my son was in that room dead and the doctor said, you need to just move on,
0: Fear was so strong. Tears in my eyes. I turned around to leave that emergency room and I heard the Holy Spirit say, If you leave, he dies. But you know
1: what I heard? He's not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's just sleeping. He's not dead. He's not dead. Now at
0: 37 years old, he's pastoring church, been lead pastor for over 12 years. Why? He's not dead. Because faith became greater than fear. My fear wanted me to walk out of that room. My fear was dictating that you can't get out of this. You've been preaching faith, and now look what happened to you. You know how the devil mocks you when you stand? Look at you. You are standing in faith. I even had a deacon from my church show up. And while I'm in that emergency room, he looks at me and says, I need to speak with you. And I walked over and he goes, I told you that face stuff doesn't work. I was in a
1: deacon-possessed church. That's not a real deacon. Oh, Lord Jesus. I had to stand above
0: the mourners, above the crowd, above the physicians, above all those that said he's dead. There's nothing you can do. This is over. It's done. It's over. It's over. Death. But Jesus said the last enemy to be put underfoot is death. So I turned around and right in the middle of the emergency room began praying in the spirit. Why? Because I knew if I let my words come out, they'd be wrong. Because I would speak my fear. If I started speaking in the natural, that's what would pour out of me. So instead of that, I opened my mouth and prayed in the Spirit and let tongues just flow out. And I got my
1: miracle. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus just looked at her and said, little girl, I say to you, arise. Arise. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. You know who was overcome with amazement? The crowd. Jesus wasn't amazed. Why? He already knew the outcome. Faith isn't caught off guard. Faith doesn't lay hands on the sick and they get healed and you go, oh, whoa, what in the world was that?
0: Why, what was it? No, I just lay hands on them. That's my job. Jesus is the healer. He just told me to lay hands on the sick. Lay hands. Listen, it doesn't take a lot of faith to do this. Denise, come here. How hard is that? Be healed. Be well. Mike, be whole. Be well. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're not limited by space or time. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Why? Faith will go where you can't go. Faith does things that you can't do.
1: But it's not caught off guard. We get caught off guard. And in the natural, we might be amazed. Faith knows exactly
0: what it's going to do.
1: Let me just sum this up.
0: Jesus left the crowd. He could have stayed there and said, my honorarium's bigger in Judea. Come on now, let's get real.
1: I was asked to preach at a little tiny church
0: in a town called Republic, Washington. I think the church had seven or eight people in it. They asked me to come preach and it was on an off night and I thought, yeah, I'm going to go preach. So I went to preach and about two weeks three weeks something like that prior to me going up there to preach i get a call from tbn they say we want you to come and, and do this show for us and i said well when is it And they said well it's on this night
1: i'm committed where do you go decapolis or the crowd
0: I said, I'm sorry, I can't make it that night. I've given my word to be someplace else. The Bible says that a man will give his word and swear to his own hurt to see it through. Had a friend of mine, Rudy Vertoshnik, had the opportunity, he was a a protege of Brother Kenneth Hagan. And he had the opportunity to preach in this large arena but he committed himself to a little farm town so he goes to this farm town to preach all the time thinking why didn't i just do the other god you know the needs of my ministry you know what kind of offering i would get over there see how we think in the natural listen the natural starts doing this and when the natural rises it only produces fear that's all it can produce you start worrying over the finance. You start worrying over everything else. What about this? What about this? What about this? I was sharing with Pastor Barb this week when all of a sudden our ministry started expanding and I, and, and I looked to God and in a natural, I'm like, God, I need 1.5 million a month to carry that out. How do I do that? And all of a sudden, I've had miracles in my life, but what do I start spewing? The natural. When that natural comes out of you, it only produces fear. It's all it can produce.
1: God had to calm me down.
0: You know how he does it? What is that to me? Rudy goes to this little farm town. He preaches for a small crowd. Miracles are taking place. And afterwards, a gentleman comes up to me and he says, uh, Son, what do you need? Rudy said, well, honestly, we've been believing for an airplane. We need to get from here to here. So what kind of airplane are you believing for? He says, well, I need this kind of airplane. It needs to seat eight people for my team. He said, so, Said, all right, that's God. Here it is. And handed him the keys to a brand new twin engine airplane that he had just bought for himself. And while Rudy was preaching, he said, The man needs the airplane more than you do. Give it to him. But had he gone to the crowd, he'd missed the blessing of obedience and faith. You've got a lot of choices. You've got a lot of choices of where to go to church. You've got a lot of choices of other things. You've got a lot of choices of what you can do in ministry. Trust me, there's a lot of choices. But the blessing comes with obedience. Faith comes with obedience because it silences the voices of the crowd to where you can hear the voice of the Lord so strong. Jesus left the crowd to go to Decapolis and as a result, a woman with an issue of blood is able to follow him and get her miracle because she heard. Today, some of you are here today. You don't even know why you're here today. Some of you men might be here because it's the last day before football starts. <laughs> I mean, let's get real now. And you're here. Maybe your wife drug you or maybe the husband drugged the wife. Who knows? But you're here you had a choice but you came today and I believe to hear a message of faith says it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done whether you're in Decapolis and you've been struggling for 12 years or whether you've been part of the crowd that understood Jesus it doesn't matter because the miracle will come not just to those who touch Jesus There were a lot touching. The miracle comes to the one who will make a demand on the power of God. So today, it's your opportunity to make a demand on the power of God. Not just be a part of the crowd, but I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I'm going to do what needs to be done today for me, for my family. I'm going to rise above the fear. I'm going to get myself into faith. I'm going to allow the power of God to go into work today. I'm going to be just like the woman that touched the hem of Jesus' garment. I'm going to be just like the man that was delivered of demons. I'm going to be just like Jairus who got his miracle because he refused to get into fear. I'm going to be one that gets everything that God has for me. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Some of you came here today with a deep need to touch the hem of the master's garment. You're not coming to a man. You're not coming to me. I don't possess anything you don't possess. Maybe I'm a little further along the walk. But the same Jesus that's in me is in you. Same power is in you. there's something about the prayer of agreement. Something about standing with somebody and saying, we're going to agree. When you hear the word of the Lord, I'm going to come into agreement with that. Some of you today, you came here with a need. It's not important that I know what that need is. God does and you do. Jesus had no idea that woman was suffering. It's not important that I know. It's between you and God. Some of you may be here this morning. You don't even know this Jesus I'm talking about. You've never been born again, never made Jesus Lord of your life. But I'm telling you, the reason you're here today is so that you can have a change in your life. I never like to close out any service without giving people the opportunity to make Jesus Christ Lord of their life. Because for all I know, the next Billy Graham... The next Reinhardt Bonnke, the next great evangelist to travel the world is sitting right here today. You've been running from God. You've been afraid to stand up. So I'm not going to take for granted that you know Jesus. For some of you that do know him but you've not been walking with him, it's time to stop being a part of the crowd and press in to the hem of his garment. See, where Faith Builders is going, you might be a part of the crowd right now, but if you don't press in now, you'll find yourself on the outside in six months. I don't say that with any animosity. or I'm just telling you, I've done this a long time. I've walked with the Lord for a long time, and it breaks my heart when somebody doesn't move with him. Just start to hear the cries, the hurt that people are going through. just want to wrap your arms around them and say, you don't have to go through that alone. Please don't go through that alone. Just take a look around this room. There's people that will walk with you, stand with you, believe with you. Maybe you're one that stands strong in faith. Look around the room. Somebody needs you to stand with them. Somebody needs you to be with them. Somebody needs you to reach out. Pastor Barb can't do it all. She told us last week she's carrying a thousand people on the inside of her right now. It would take her three years if she had lunch with every one of them consistently to get to everybody. And I guarantee you, in three years, someone's going to feel like she doesn't care. She can't do it. It takes the rest of us to come alongside and say, Pastor, you do what you need to do. You stay in prayer. You stay in faith. You keep the vision of God hot. You do those things that God's called you to do. You let us go take care of these needs. You send us out. You let us do those things. Because we need you fresh. Some people would say, well, all I can do is I, I just clean things. Listen, I've been in too many churches where the pastor's cleaning, they're setting up, they're doing everything. Why? Because they have a heart to serve. But when I need Jesus, I don't want her to tell me that Mr. Clean is the best product. I need her to tell me what the Lord just said. I don't need her to tell me how many chairs are in each row. I need her to tell me what the Word of the Lord is. So don't have her doing these things... Release her to be pastor, her. And don't let your familiarity, as she mentioned last week, get to a point to where you can't receive a miracle from her hand. You hearing what I'm saying? If you came here today and you have a need, I don't care what the need is, I don't need it. I want you to step out Quickly. You just come forward. Because your miracle, this might be your day for a miracle. This could be your day. But I've come before, I've stood before. Today might be your day for a miracle. Today might be the day that you've been waiting for. Today might be the day where revelation knowledge hits you and faith arises. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You may be here today and you might say, I don't even know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I want you to come forward, join the rest of these If you don't know who Jesus is, today's your day to change. Everybody in this room that knows Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior has made that decision. You're not alone. So many of us felt like we didn't know where to go, what to do. Now, miracles are here today. The book of Acts, they just hoped that the shadow of Peter would pass by them to receive their healing. It's not a literal shadow. What it was, was the glory of God that surrounded them, was so strong that all they had to do was be in that presence. Miracles took place. Now, church, I want you to see these that are here, that have come forward for prayer, that are believing God for something. Today, I want you to do something different. It's time for you to get involved in ministry. I want two or three men behind every man. I want two or three women behind every woman. Come very quickly. Stand with them. Pray with them. Believe with them. These are brothers and sisters. You don't need to know what their situation is. You don't need to know what they're wrestling with. Thank you, Jesus. I need some ladies up here in the front row as well. Come on in. Oh, today's our day for a miracle. I want you to raise your hands and just start believing God. Raise your hands and just start believing God. Today's your day for a miracle. Today is your day to receive what God has for you. Today is your day. Today is your day. For those of you that have a need, focus on Jesus right now. He's who you need, He's all you need. In this moment, you focus on Him. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. At that name, every knee bows, every tongue confesses. When we speak the word of God, all heaven stands at attention, ready to obey the word of the Lord. Right now, healing is flowing through this place those of you that needed a healing touch from God right now in the name of Jesus it's yours reach out and take it reach out and take it don't look to anybody but the Lord it's not somebody just laying hands on you yes that's a command for us to go into the world but I'm telling you you have the ability on the inside of you to say I am healed I declare it in the name of Jesus I receive it in the name of Jesus oh reveshika For those of you who came forward, your need might be a family issue. God's dealing with it right now in the name of Jesus. You're interceding and praying for that loved one that's lost, that son or that daughter that's away from God, that mom, that dad, aunt, uncle. You're praying and believing God. Your step coming forward allows somebody else to take a step towards their need. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting needs today. Thank you for steps of faith. Thank you for pressing through the crowd. Thank you for reaching out and touching that that needs to be reached and touched. Now, for every one of you, we're going to pray this prayer together. So if there's anybody that needed Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, We're going to pray this prayer together. Speak it with faith. Believe it in faith. Say, dear God, I know that I've made mistakes. And those mistakes were sin in your eyes. I ask you to forgive me. I do believe that Jesus is your only son. That he came and died for me. That I might have new life. And today, I declare Jesus is my Lord I will serve him from this day forward I renounce those things that have been contrary to your life and nature in Jesus name Amen Amen Just give the Lord a praise for those that have made that decision for the first time and now hear me those of you that are baptized in the Holy Spirit we're not done yet just raise your hands, begin praying in the spirit, and receive your miracle. Just receive it right now. You've already prayed. You've already sought the Lord. That dark hour. You thought nobody was watching, he was there. When you thought nobody cared, he was there. You see why the word says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Barb.